0: while working in an undercover capacity in a high-level heroin purchase, this undercover police detective put himself at risk to protect his backup team and it cost him his life. Welcome to the True Crime Fighters podcast. There's a huge amount of interest in true crime stories. But very little is told of the heroes that fight horrific crimes. Whether it be law enforcement officers or everyday citizens, we tell their stories in the True Crime Fighters podcast. I'm John J. Wiley, retired Baltimore police sergeant. I'm also the host of this and the Law Enforcement Today radio show and podcast.
1: And I'm Stephanie Wiley, wife of John and co-host. Be sure to subscribe to True Crime Fighters podcast for free. Search for True Crime Fighters on Facebook. And please be sure to like and follow us on social media.
0: And today we're talking about the tragic line of duty murder of Baltimore City Police Detective Marcellus Marty Ward. This was the second line of duty death during my career in the Baltimore Police Department. I remember it vividly. And Stephanie, it had a huge impact on me. His death. I didn't know Marty. I'm calling Marty throughout this podcast. That was his nickname. He was a gentleman of exceptionally high standards, very well thought of, and a great police.
1: That's everything that I read. Did a lot of reading about him and his integrity, it was next to none with everybody.
0: He was a 13 year veteran of the Baltimore Police Department. He was an undercover narcotics detective. He was assigned to the Drug Enforcement Administration. He and a team were doing a series of control buys, and they were doing what they call a final, I'm air quoting, final heroin buy that he was wearing a body wire. And what other people don't realize is when you work undercover, which by the way, I never really did because I was lousy at it. Hmm. When you work undercover, you don't have your badge, you don't have your gun, you have your wits, and that's about it. But he was wearing what they call a body wire at the time.
1: I can only imagine the impact that it must have had on you. That could have been you. Maybe you didn't work with them on a daily basis, but it could have been you. And to know that he had that wire and to be able to hear and know what his thoughts were and what he was saying, just moments right before he was shot, it's actually chilling.
0: It was. And I've had a chance or the opportunity to listen to the wire tape when he took his last breaths and I've declined. I don't want to hear it. Right now, I don't watch videos of body cam stuff. I don't watch any of this stuff because it has a tremendous impact. It reminds me of those days and it reminds me in a very physical way of the fight or flight that occurs. Let's go into the details. It was December 3rd, 1984. He was doing uh, a final heroin buy from suspects as part of the DEA task force. Uh, it was shortly after 5 p.m. One of the targets left
1: the row house, right. the second floor of the row house. And he was supposed to go with him, in fact. Right. And he didn't. After everything that I can find, I believe that he stayed because that's the kind of guy he was. That's the kind of man that he was. He could have left. He did his part for this particular, what do you guys call it? Not a job. This particular... Undercover buy. Buy. And he wanted to see it all the way through. So there was a chance that he wouldn't have even been there. But he did stay because he knew that suspect was holding on to that 357. All he had to do
0: was say... The magic words, they have keywords that you mm-hmm. use. There's a bus team waiting outside with a search and seizure warrant. Come upstairs and take over. He could have walked down, and that's where he knew the suspect that was there had a three fifty seven Magnum. And he was still sitting on the, the couch talking to the guy. And all of a sudden, things went horribly, horribly wrong. Real quick the way the row houses are set up in that part of Baltimore, it's a very narrow stairway. So for them to go upstairs, and, and downstairs was like a candy store, for them to go upstairs, they'd be like in a funnel. So Marty realized that if he did that, if he allowed the, the backup team to come up the stairs, they would be in a deadly funnel of fire where they could be shot very easily. So that's why he stayed. So he's trying to act as the distraction exactly. for them. Exactly. And really cover them. And the suspect, and I'm not gonna give his name, Open fire, shot Marty multiple times, and you could hear Marty taking his last breaths on the wiretap tape. Now, Gary Childs, who was leading the backup team, I knew Gary, I worked with Gary on several cases, I worked with a lot of guys involved in this case afterwards, and they came running upstairs, and they could hear the gunshots, and they could hear the gunshots in a wire. And they could hear Marty taking his last breaths. And so they want to go up there and and rescue him and try to provide emergency Sure. Immediate care. Right, exactly. Try to save his life. But the suspect wouldn't come out. And he's saying, I don't basically I don't think you're police. Prove to be your police. Like he's gonna listen
1: to the police anyway. Right. He's a fool.
0: What Gary Childs did was he used
1: some expletives and he started yelling, Yeah, if you don't come out here, man, I'm telling you He says if that man dies, I'm going to, you know what, kill you. Right. So
0: he threw his badge in, and then shortly afterwards, the suspect came out, gave up, and they rendered first aid to Marty, and it was too late. He died shortly thereafter. And, and it was a tragic thing. And it had a profound impact, not just on the Baltimore City Police Department, not just on the, the officers that worked there that day or during that time period, but it had huge ramifications afterwards because we had to rethink the whole strategy of sending officers in for undercover buys. Absolutely. Is it worth it? Is it worth putting a highly trained, highly experienced, great officer like Marcellus Marty Ward in, in danger?
1: And is it? That's that's the big question because you're there alone. You don't have your equipment, for lack of a better word, and it is equipment, anything to provide any sort of defense and safety. You've got nothing. Right. What are the sitting duck i hate to say it
0: when the detectives the backup team did enter the apartment they found detective marcellus ward shot four times he was dead detective ward was shot as he sat on the suspect's couch they made all kinds of efforts to try to save his life all failed detective marcellus marty ward was a member of the apartment for 13 years he was married and a loving father of two children Detective Marcellus Marty Ward, he was a true crime fighter, a true gentleman, and what we called in Baltimore, real police and good police. He was a real hero, and uh, his life will forever be missed, and not just by me, not just by members of the department, but the the city and his family as well. Some of the sources for this were odmp.org and baltimorepolicemuseum.com. By the way, if you go to baltimorepolicemuseum.com and look up the story for Detective Marcellus Ward, I voiced the audio for that one. You did? Yeah. Wow, there's too many on there. When we come back next week, we're going to have another officer from the Baltimore Police Department. What we're doing is we're kind of easing Stephanie into this. She's the new co-host of the show. The newbie. So, the next one is going to be police agent Vincent Adolfo, because I have a connection with that one as well. And then we're going to expand, include law enforcement officers, prosecutors, Civilians from all around the United States and across the world for that matter. And it's all coming up in the True Crime Fighters podcast. Thanks so much for joining us.
1: And we'll see you next time.